0: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. Well, last night was a pretty interesting night in the NHL. We started in the Eastern Conference in that battle for the final playoff spot, which really is is very, very intriguing. And everything stays status quo as the Islanders, the Panthers the penguins the sabers all win so everything stays the same so i guess that's bad news for buffalo and pittsburgh one less game on the schedule for them to make up the ground now buffalo's in trouble they're sitting six points back of the islanders and the florida panthers they do have the two games in hand but still i just think they're going to run out of road here but it was still a wild crazy game of detroit seven six in the shootout just an incredible game last night. Uh, Tage Thompson gets his 45th goal of the season. So Buffalo, they've got a future. I don't think there's any question about that. It's just not going to happen this year. But give credit to Pittsburgh. Beat a really good Minnesota team that wanted that win in the battle for the Central Division. Pretty much had them shut out until a late goal. Zucker scores. Latang scores. So the Penguins a point back with 88 points. Islanders, 89. They had a great win against Tampa. How bad was Tampa's road trip to New York? Lose 6-3 at the Garden, 6-1 at UBS, outscored 12-4. Again, I'm not going to freak out about Tampa. They're already locked into the three seed. They know they're playing Toronto. Can't catch the Maple Leafs for home ice. So, I you know, I called the game against the Lightning, and listen, that's not a John Cooper team taking two instigator penalties um, so they kind of played rough and tumble. That's not the way you're going to normally catch the lightning. And then a second of back-to-back. You saw the Rangers get affected by that, too, having to travel to St. Louis and then falling in overtime. I, I give the Rangers credit for at least earning a point. They trailed throughout, one nothing, 2-1. They get the late goal from Trocek. Uh, Tarasenko scores in his return to St. Louis. Um, so the Rangers at least earn a tough point. But you just see how physical and emotional that Tampa Bay game was on Wednesday. It certainly affected both teams, so I wouldn't read too much in to the Lightning getting crushed over the last couple of games. you know Vasilevsky didn't look great on Wednesday. Certainly Elliott didn't look good on Thursday. But you get a Tampa team that's just kind of playing out the string, waiting for the playoffs, an Islanders team that is just so desperate. And give the Islanders credit, they've struggled to score goals all year. They put up a six-spot, 33rd goal for Nelson. Pellick had a huge night. And let's not forget... If Pellick had not gotten hurt earlier in the season, the Islanders probably wouldn't be battling as much as they have. He is a very important piece to the puzzle here. So that's what we're looking at in the Eastern Conference. Now, out west, that was a huge statement win for the Vegas Golden Knights. They've got Los Angeles all over them, score four goals in the first period en route to a 5-2 win over the Kings. So we take a look at the Pacific Division Now Vegas has got the three-point lead on Edmonton and a big six-point lead on Los Angeles. So that pretty much puts the Kings to bed as far as winning the division is concerned. So Vegas just has to concern themselves with Edmonton. But they still have a three-point lead on them. Both teams have played 79 games. Edmonton's going to be at San Jose. Vegas against Dallas. So certainly the Dallas Stars playing well. Beat up on Philadelphia last night. So certainly Edmonton still with a shot of winning that division, but I think the Kings are kind of stuck as probably the three-seed. A couple of losses in a row, 5-4-1 over their last ten, but they've still solidified a playoff spot good on them. We should also mention congratulations to the Seattle Kraken as they beat the Coyotes 4-2, so they clinch a playoff berth in just their second season. In the Central, we mentioned Minnesota losing in Pittsburgh, so you couple that with the Avalanche 6-2 win over the Sharks, and Dallas' 4-1 win over Philadelphia, here's where we're looking at in the Central Division. You've got Colorado in first place because of the game in hand on Dallas with 100 points. Dallas with 100 points. Minnesota with 98. So you got to love Colorado's chances. Colorado's going to be at the Kings this weekend. Dallas home for Vegas, as we mentioned. Minnesota playing St. Louis. So the Central still very much up for grabs. But when you consider Colorado 8-2 and two in their last 10, three straight wins, game in hand. I like Colorado to be able to win that division. Now the bottom of the West Winnipeg and Calgary great bounce back for the Flames after that awful loss in Chicago second of back to backs they go to Winnipeg and they beat the Jets and they had to beat the Jets they've got 89 points both of them however Winnipeg's got the game in hand Calgary's played 79 games, Winnipeg 78 games, so four games left for Winnipeg, three for Calgary. Calgary is going to be at Vancouver on Saturday, Winnipeg-Nashville game of the year, as far as I'm concerned, as far as trying to make the playoffs, because Nashville, with their shutout win over Carolina, sit just a point back of Winnipeg, and they have the same amount of games played, so that is a huge game. So Calgary, Nashville, Winnipeg, all battling for that final spot obviously Winnipeg in good shape because they have it Calgary in bad shape because they played one more game Nashville getting that opportunity head-to-head on Saturday that is a huge game in Winnipeg and I don't see Nashville being able to survive if they lost that game in regulation but boy is it really getting interesting now we take a look at the Metropolitan Division as I said Nashville shut out Calgary uh Carolina last night Devils with an eight to one thrashing of the Blue Jackets Jack Hughes huge night two goals two assists he finishes with four points has 82 um has 42 goals on the season 95 points he sits one point back of Patrick Elias for the most points ever for a devil t- devil player in a regular season and if Hughes didn't get hurt he's only gonna end up uh the Devils have um, three games left, so he's going to end up playing in 78 games if he plays in all three. So he ended up missing four games because of the injury. So clearly he would have been able to break that record and finish with 100 points. Still has a shot at 100 points and certainly more than a shot to become the greatest point producer in the history of the Devils for one season. He's had an incredible season. A matter of fact, had a wide-open net to make it 9-1 to be able to get the hat trick and just miss the net. So the Devils will be in Boston on Saturday. That game's going to be on ABC. And the Devils with a real chance maybe to catch Carolina. Now, Carolina's in good shape because they've got the game in hand. So the Devils are going to be at Boston. Bruins really don't have anything to play for. They've already solidified the President's Trophy. So there's not really much going on there, but they are 9-1 and one in their last 10 of 1-4 straight. That only blemish was that loss at home to Nashville. So you're not really catching a Boston team that's going to be that motivated to win, while Carolina is going to be at Buffalo, and the Sabres are really going to need that game. So when you take a look at the schedule the rest of the way for these teams as far as winning the division is concerned, Carolina's going to be at Buffalo, at Ottawa, home against Detroit, and then uh, they're going to be at Florida so we'll see if the Panthers wrap things up. But kind of a tough schedule for Carolina considering three of the four games are on the road and Buffalo, Florida are going to need the games. As far as the Devils, we told you about the Boston game that they've got to play in Boston. Then they're going to be home for Buffalo at Washington to close out the season. So Carolina's still in good shape. They've got the one-point lead. They've got the game in hand. As far as tiebreakers are concerned, uh, the R.W. goes to the Devils 38-37. Rowe wins 48-46 to New Jersey. So the Devils do have the tiebreaker as of right now. So that's still very much up for grabs. Now, the Rangers are paying close attention to this because if the Devils can catch Carolina, then the Rangers would play the Hurricanes in the first round as opposed to the Devils. So the Rangers had a the, the 3-2 losses we mentioned, still mathematically alive. To catch the Devils, they're four points back, both teams with 79 games played. Rangers are at Columbus on Saturday, home against the Sabres and the Maple Leafs. So certainly they can navigate through that schedule, considering Toronto will have nothing to play for the last game of the season. Buffalo could be eliminated by Monday, and certainly a very winnable game in Columbus coming up on Saturday, but you're still going to need the Devils to lose. They've won 50 games. It's been an incredible season, plus 61 goal differential, second best in the NHL. So that's what we're looking at here as far as where everybody can finish. We're already locked into Toronto and Tampa in the first round in the Atlantic. Boston's already clinched the President's Trophy. So here we are going into the final weekend of the regular season. Everybody is playing Tomorrow. All 32 teams will be in action on Saturday, so should be a lot of fun. Hockey all day, and maybe we'll get a little bit more resolution by the time we get to Sunday. Unfortunately, it comes at the expense of no games tonight, but you can certainly rest up with all the hockey that we're going to see coming up on Saturday, and it should be a lot of fun. Well, it's Friday, and you know what Friday means. Don McGregor's Friday Top 5. Yeah! Number five. Well, let's get the Devils at five. Now, they've had a topsy turvy kind of couple of weeks here, but they really, I think, have bounced back after that huge win against the Rangers on Thursday. I think really was a major statement. Now, they had a huge hiccup in Winnipeg against the Jets last weekend, but that was also the second of back to backs. Uh, the emotion of beating the Rangers, Winnipeg desperately needing to win, but then they come right back and thrash the Penguins five to one, destroy the Columbus Blue Jackets eight to one. So the Devils have won three in a row, six, three and one in their last ten. I have New Jersey as number five. Number four. Well, you've got to take a look at what the Edmonton Oilers are doing. It has been tremendous. Six consecutive wins, nine oh and one in their last ten. That's right. You've got Dreisaitl, you've got McDavid, you've got Skinner, you've got Anthony Pusick pounding his chest because he's had this team for months coming out of the Western Conference. They still could win this division. They certainly can solidify home ice against the Kings in the first round. Boy, it's been a lot of fun watching this Edmonton Oilers team, and I've got them at number 4. Number three, I think the Vegas Golden Knights, that was a huge statement win last night. They've gotten all kinds of pressure from both Edmonton and L.A., and yet Vegas still stands there as the number one team of the Pacific Division. They are 7-1-2 in their last 10, starting to play better at home. Uh they're getting the goaltending no matter who it ends up having to be and it's the, it's it really is an m- ultimate team Eichel, Marcia Show, uh Carlson's had a good year getting things done. Uh Petrangelo on the blue line. You've got to like this Vegas team that's a tough Pacific Division. they hanging there with a 106 points, fourth best in the National Hockey League. I've got the Vegas Golden Knights at number 3. Number 2. Well number 2 I'm still going to go with the West, and that's the Colorado Avalanche. They are really making a statement. 8-2-0 in their last 10. Three consecutive wins. I think they're going to win that Central division. And they and had an underrated year with 48 goals. You know what McKinnon is. McCarr is a superstar. It took a while for this team to kind of get its sea legs. Typical hangover after winning the Stanley Cup. And now slowly but surely they're starting to look like the team they were at the end of last year. They're going to have a heap of competition. They haven't even won the Central yet. Dallas still could be heard from, Minnesota could still be heard from. You know, we talked about Vegas, we talked about Edmonton in the Western Conference. I think the powerhouse houses are in the East, but the West is starting to show that they've got some players and Vegas right now I think is good. Edmund, uh, Colorado, Edmonton, all these teams are good. I've got the Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champions at number 2. Number 1. Yeah. I know yawn, they go coast to coast, but Boston, how do they not number one? So they had a difficult game against Nashville, they haven't been overly impressive, they had to win against Toronto last night in overtime, it seems like they're kind of just mailing it in here, and yet they're still 9-1, still have won four in a row, still have a plus 121 goal differential. at home. I mean, this team, the only thing you worry about, and I know everybody looks at the President's Trophy winners and they say, oh, these these guys are cursed. You worry about peaking too soon. But for Boston, maybe you worry just about, you haven't played any meaningful games in a long time. You're winning, and you almost don't even have to try. Are you going to be able to flip that switch when all of a sudden it's going to be very, very meaningful? Going against teams, this is the other dangerous thing. I would not pick boston to lose in the first round but whether it's pittsburgh whether it's the islanders whether it's florida whoever you end up playing those are teams that will be playing literally to the end of the season to solidify a playoff berth their playoffs started two weeks ago so they're all ramped up they're already on uh, gear five driving into the playoffs. Can Boston match that intensity, jump right in after really not having to care for two months, going up against a team that all they've had to do is care for the last couple of months? That could be interesting, but really, you look at this Boston Bruins team, Dane Jura-Russ. This is one of the great teams that we've seen in the National Hockey League in quite some time, and I know there is the curse of the President's Trophy, but there's a lot of veterans on that team. There's a lot of players who were part of that Stanley Cup championship run in 2011, but I got to tell you, he is a tremendous, tremendous coach, general manager, organization. They are on their way to possibly winning a Stanley Cup, but there's a lot of other teams that are going to be mixed up in that conversation. All right, let's hear from you at Don LaGreca, hashtag misconduct. We start with Adam. With Luke Hughes likely joining the Devils this weekend, any chance he makes the postseason roster? I wouldn't completely rule it out if he tears tears it up in these last couple of games, but you don't want to throw the kid into the fire if he isn't ready. Well, there's been examples. like we, we Back on Monday, uh, we talked about Sean Burke getting called up after the Olympics in 88, and he jumps right into the fire. And he makes a run as the Stanley Cup uh, to the conference final as the goaltender for the Devils. We saw Chris Kreider, um, not even a rookie, get thrown into the postseason. So we'll see. They know him better. He's got a great pedigree. Um, You don't want to have him give, give up too much, bite off too much more than he can chew, and whether he's even needed at this point. So very, very interesting. I think these last few games will really tell the tale. If I had to guess... I don't think he's going to be on the postseason roster. All right. Sean asks, hey, Don, what are your top five favorite names to call? I love hearing Capitan, Kako, Boone Jenner, Bookaboom, Boom, and Tugnut. Well, I never got a chance to do play-by-play for Ron Tugnut, uh, but he was a fun name to say. There's a lot of names that um, I think about. Boone Jenner, I don't, I don't know. Anthony's way smarter than I am. He went to Fordham. I don't <laughs> know if there's a name for this where there is a where it just makes more sense to say the full name than just the last name. If you know what I'm talking about. So I don't probably know if there's probably not a word for it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Right, like I never say Jenner, I always say Boon Jenner. For I, I I don't know whether it's because of the syllables, the way that it flows, but I always say Boon Jenner instead of just Jenner. And Boon Jenner just sounds like, it's a fun name to say. And I, I don't have any problem saying that Bookaboom is always a good uh Takako's great. Um I got to really think about like some of the names that um some of them don't really flow. Um and it's hard to say fast, but uh I remember um one of my favorite names when I was working over at SportsPhone, he came up with the Blackhawks and Sports SportsPhone had a uh number in Chicago, so we'd we'd always give the goal scores for the Blackhawks and this player moved on, played uh, I think he was in the expansion draft with the Minnesota Wild. Um sergey kriva kraftsov i i love that name uh, i had trouble with it early on but then i said it so much back in the day that it kind of flows now so um there was clearly another reason why that guy liked those certain names why is that why do you think well uh, let's let's think about it oh i see what you're saying donnell weaver says oh, he's got a couple here hey don How's it going? Huge win for the Islanders last night against the Lightning. Since the Rangers and the Devils are in the playoffs, don't you want the Islanders in the playoffs as well? It would be huge for the area and hockey talk on radio, don't you agree? Also, Don, the last time all three made it to the playoffs was in 06-07. You're right. Listen, I'm a hockey fan, as you know. Grew up a Devil fan. Now I'm all in on the Rangers, you know, working over at MSG. And I've always had a thing for the Islanders because they were the first team that we had on our air um, then 1050 ESPN New York and I got a ton of Islander fan friends and it's just good for hockey to have all three teams in and I think it would be even better as much as the Devils Rangers I think would attract a lot of attention if the Devils can catch the Hurricanes to have three in three separate series so that can make it a lot of fun and then obviously you'd have a pretty decent chance of all three advancing to the second round and that would be great, which then ups the ante for there maybe being um being uh, more of a chance of, uh, of, of, of a regular of a, of a local team getting deep into the playoffs so um, that's what I would like to see all three teams in the playoffs and I think the Islanders are going to be okay that was a huge statement win last night so I, I still am going to stand by stick to my guns even though that was a good win for the Penguins last night that the Penguins are going to be the team that's on the outside looking in Zach says, "Hey Don, not game related, but ESPN Plus related question. Do you know of any reason why ESPN Plus doesn't show pre and post games? As a New York Rangers fan in Boston, I miss out. I tune in when you're on the radio. Uh, it's a good. It's a good question. I guess you're talking about when they when ESPN Plus takes the local feeds. Well, I, I will tell you this: I have the Center Ice package on Directv." And I don't get the pre-games for that either. They just give you the, the the start of the coverage. So I I don't know why that is, whether they feel like it's not needed, whether they feel like they're only obligated to show the games. There must be some contract contractual reason why that's the case. But I see it on my center ice package as well that I do not get the benefit of the pre- and post-game shows. And it frustrates me, too, because sometimes I want to see the post-game and as like, so- soon as they're congratulating each other on the ice, boom, I get the direct tv signal and i hear that that generic does the nhl not own the rights to pre and post and the rsn's do it might it might be there's just like i said there has to be some reason um i i remember this is a quick story to show you like the, the hockey sickness that i have um they they would take the hockey night in canada second game of the doubleheader and um that's obviously a national broadcast so maybe that's why this is a little bit different but back when I first started working over at the NHL, um, I'd get frustrated because there was a period of time where they would not show you the post game for the double, second game of the doubleheader for Hockey Night in Canada. So you'd miss out on the um, all, all the stuff that they would do, the stuff at the desk and um, uh, the interviews that they would do after, because um, it was at after hours, the show that they would have where they would have a long sit down with one of the players from the game and or a coach or a general manager or somebody like that. And they were able to to, to talk to somebody and, and get that on. But that was also a national broadcast. But I think uh, Anthony's on to something. I think the regionals probably, it's their domain for the pre- and post-game show. And uh, all they're obligated, I guess, to show on the Center Ice Package and on ESPN Plus is the actual game itself. That's probably the reasoning for it. It's not strategic, I'm sure, or they don't think anybody cares. It's just probably that's all they have the rights to air. Yankee Penguin says, Hi, Don. Uh, being that it's his contract is up, what do you think will happen to Laviolette with the Caps? I thought about this when I was in Washington last weekend. How unfair it would be to bang Laviolette considering all the injuries the Caps have had. He played most of the year without Backstrom, most of the year without Carlson. All right, their goaltending did not live up to expectations, given all that money to Kemper, didn't really work out. Um, I, I think it would be unfair. Um, But because his contract is up, and sometimes LaViolette does wear out his welcome places, whether they will decide to go in a different direction, but I would give LaViolette a contract extension. I think he's a good coach. I think he's got unfinished business there. If you look at his history, you know, he got the Islanders into the playoffs three consecutive years when it was unheard of at the time back in the early 2000s. He won a cup with Carolina, went to a Stanley Cup final with Philadelphia— um, he's had you know success in Nashville. Um, I think he deserves a, sh- a chance here to do something with the Washington Capitals, and I think it would be unfair to blame him for what's happened this season. Plus, I, I think they'll be back. They created cap space. We talked about this earlier. They-, they were the anti-Penguins. They made the moves at the deadline to get better. They're in cap hell now, but it's going to get better. They're going to be able to turn this around quickly, and, and I'm a— I'm biased. I'm a Peter Laviolette fan. Um, I hope he gets another opportunity there in Washington. Uh, AZ Ranger says, Don, it has seemed to be over the last several years that the Rangers don't seem to get up for games against the Islanders or Devils like those teams do for the Rangers. Do you agree? I really don't think the Rangers match up well against either team. And it's for different reasons, right? I mean, obviously the Islanders will clamp it down, slow down the offense of the Rangers. And then the Devils, on the other hand, can they're one of the teams that can play the high-octane game that the Rangers play. I don't think it's a question of the Rangers not being able to get up. It's just that the Devils and the Islanders, because of their situation, it's easier for them to get up. It doesn't matter where the Rangers are. Even when the Rangers were awful, missing the playoffs all those years, you know, 98 through to the lockout. Uh, there is an inferiority complex, quite frankly, that the Islanders and Devils have with the Rangers because of the size of the fan base and the popularity uh, of of the team within the media where the Rangers get more coverage than the Devils and the Islanders do. And I think the players sense that, and there's always that measuring stick. The Rangers will always be looked upon as the big brother to the Islanders and the Devils, and and, and they ratchet it up. You know, And the business, the, the building's always electric, and I always feel... You know, listen, I'm coming from both angles of it. I was a devil fan, so I saw it from the devil's perspective of feeling like this is where the attention is. You're getting to play the big brother. You want to beat big brother. And then I always see it on the other end covering the Rangers where the Rangers are always looked upon as as the measuring stick and, and the games have more meaning. And I think it's sometimes difficult for the Rangers to feel that because they're the big brother. They're the team that's getting all the attention. So... um, but once we get to the playoffs, man, it is just going to be a lot of fun. So I'm kind of torn. In a way, I want to see Rangers-Devils because it would just be so much fun. But in a way, I'd, I'd like, as I said before, to see all three of these local teams in three separate series. I think that could be fun too. Um, but I give the Devils credit, man. They just continue to just show a resiliency and a side to them. I didn't think they had um, – they played so well defensively last Thursday. Uh, give them credit for how well they've played offensively over the last couple of games. Uh, Vanacek has been a godsend for them. They have seven, eight different goaltenders in net last year, and now they well, they still have had three, I think three, or maybe even four different goaltenders this year, but still uh, the goaltending has been much, much better than we've seen in recent years. Um, Ra- Rangers still feel like they're lagging behind the Devils, but with 104 points, and you'd love to see uh, you know, Kane and Tarasenko over a full season, what this team can do, and Igor's starting to find his sea legs. I think this is going to be a fun, fun playoffs. But before we get to the playoffs, we still got regular season games to get to. Uh, I will be on the call for Rangers and Blue Jackets on Saturday, so I'm looking forward to that. So everybody's playing tomorrow, so it should make for a very, very fun weekend, and then you take a look at what's going to be happening on Sunday, just a couple of games, but you know both have some meaning, uh, I guess, with Colorado at Anaheim and the Boston Bruins in Philadelphia, so I kind of take that back. Sunday's kind of lame, but at least Saturday's going to be a lot of fun, and then right back to work for the final week of the regular season coming up on Monday. So enjoy your weekend. We'll get EJ Raddick on, hopefully, on Monday to recap the weekend and preview the final week of the regular season. Season, and maybe we'll have some resolution. Maybe we'll have some matchups and some clinchers uh, over that span of time. So we'll talk to you again on Monday. Want to get in touch with me over the weekend? Best way to do that at Don LaGreca. Hashtag Game Misconduct. Enjoy all the hockey. Back with you on Monday. This was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.